There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see On WCN-TV friends. Welcome to WCN-TV. I'm your co-host, Pastor Mike Spaulding. We've got a wonderful show today with a couple of guests, one first-time guest, in fact, but one that needs no introduction, that's for sure. So today, friends, I'm joined by Mike Kerr, who, along with his wife, Jeannie, co-founded Here the Watchman Ministries. Mike, welcome to WCN-TV. Thank you, Mike. It's nice to be with you tonight. It's awesome you could join us. And of course, then we've got Coach Dave here, a man who needs no introduction to this audience or just about any place else in America these days. Pass the Salt Ministries. Coach, thanks for joining us. Mike, I'm excited and encouraged to be here. We're winning, brother. We are winning. Uh, most people still don't, haven't figured it out yet, but uh, man, what a time to be alive. Amen, brother. Amen. So, so Mike uh, is in an undisclosed location in, in the beautiful, beautiful <laughs> mountains of, of Idaho. And there is snow on the ground, if you're interested in knowing that, friends. Snow on the ground there, but 60 degrees in Ohio. How about that? That's just fantastic, isn't it? it Maybe is. we'll touch on, on, on the lie, the hypocrisy, the deceit in, uh, well, what are they calling it today? Climate change, I guess. Climate change. Anyway, Mike, here the Watchman Ministries, brother. I've I've watched what God's been doing through your ministry there, you and Jeannie, and, and all the the effort that you've put in. You're bearing some some wonderful fruit for the kingdom, and so I applaud you for sticking it out, for persevering through uh, some difficult days. Tell us about where the ministry is at right now, because I know your focus is is in the process of changing. Um, here the Watchman has, still has, and you're going to be in Dallas, and you can talk about that. You'll be in Dallas uh, early 2022. But the focus is changing, is, and it's going to be more localized and, and uh, might I say, uh, grassroots-led. I, I hesitate to use driven, but grassroots-led. Tell us about Here the Watchman, Mike. Well, let me just tell you this. Here the Watchman started because of Coach Dave. <laughs> I mean, there's no other reason it started. And we have we have we have grown into a ministry today where we we we've had to evolve like all of us today uh under the umbrella of the bug and all that stuff we've had to we've we've had to change a little bit but when i say that the whole ministry started because of uh, because of coach dave uh i went to a conference uh, and i didn't want to go i mean i i went to go fishing uh, up in Bozeman, Montana, called the Whitestone Remnant. And Coach will remember this, you know. Uh, he, I don't even think, Coach, I don't even think you were, like, on the, no. you weren't even really a speaker. Uh, and Coach spoke, and what he said 
was that the men had to step up. We had to get out of our chairs and we had to step up to the plate to serve Jesus. Now, what does that mean? And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here with you guys, but what does that mean? What it really means is that Jesus walked across the land and he spoke to everyone as he went through and he preached and he did what Jesus does. And, and so when coach spoke about that and spoke about getting up off the couch, so to speak, uh, in doing something, it struck me and it struck Jeannie. And so, you know, we all have, we all have different jobs within the body of Christ. Okay. My job, the, the message that I got from God was to gather, gather my people. So that's what I do. Coach, he, he like, he, he, he beats the people up a little bit. You know, <laughs> Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, he preaches the gospel. But you know, it's so funny, Pastor Mike, today, how I deal with people all day long uh, who, who say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, what does that mean? Being a Christian is, as you can see my sweater here, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with Christ. And what does that mean? What does having a relationship with Christ means? It's the same thing that it means if you're Coach Dave or Pastor Mike Spaulding or Ray LeBlanc. It's the same thing it means if you have a relationship with your wife. It means that you give your heart and you give your soul to that person. Well, in this case, it's Jesus. And, and the problem as I see it today, and, and Coach will probably back me up on this, is we have a bunch of winny-ninny sissy-sissies out there who don't have a relationship with Christ. And that is hands down the most important thing that you can possibly have is to have that relationship with Christ. Now, it's not easy. I mean, you know, look, my dad was a hard-charging World War II veteran, and, and he wasn't always nice or easy to me. Uh, but he raised me to be strong, and that's what Christ does. That's what Christ will raise you up and raise you up to be strong. So we are doing uh, the remnant revolution that we're going to release on uh, January 1st. And uh, Coach Dave and Pastor Mike will be a part of that. And, and that's an on-demand. Uh, so you can all sit home on January 1st and watch it and be blessed. Uh, and then we'll be in Dallas, Texas again. Uh, March 17th through the 22nd. And uh, we're going right back to where it all started. And, and I could ask, Coach Dave, you were there for that first conference, I think. Yep. Uh, it, you know, why is it important? The question that I have for both Pastor Mike and Coach Dave, why is it important for us to gather in person, Coach? Um, <clears throat> thanks, Mike. Um Man, there's a, there's a lot of this that, that can go a lot of different directions. But I think all we have to do, my friends, is if we just look at the culture and society and what's going on, we see, you know, I always sing the same song, seed of the serpent, seed of the woman. There are two teams on this field of history that's playing out right in front of us. Devil's got a team. The Lord has a team. And we don't, for whatever reason, we've lost sight of the fact that this is, as Jamie Walden would say, this is a military commission. That when we, when we came to Christ and we joined the Lord's team, 
we joined a, a figuratively an army, right? And he said to do what? We're to go into all the world and teach them to observe all I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. And what does, if the Lord wants us to go and teach, what would it be that the devil wants us to do? Why, I bet it would be stay home and don't talk to anybody. Sort of like putting on a mask, right? Sort of like social distance. Sort of like locking down. Sort of like don't go to church. Sort of like, right? The Lord said, forsake not the book of Hebrews. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. By the way, assemble doesn't mean just to put all the pieces in a box. I use the illustration Christmas time, some assembly required, right? You open up that box and all the pieces are there, but it's not assembled. So when the Lord said to forsake not the assembling, that means putting the parts together. And let us not forsake the assembling, putting the parts together, even more as we see that day approaching. So Mike, Pastor Pastor Mike, I see that day approaching, don't you? And then, so I see that day approaching, and what is the devil telling us to do? Don't assemble. <laughs> Don't assemble. Stay away from each other. Well, that ought to be a sign, like a good old football coach, that ought to be a sign that, hey, they're getting ready to do something over here. So the importance, Mike, of a uh, long way around to answer your question, the importance of gathering ourselves together is to do what? Is to formulate some, in my opinion, formulate a game plan, formulate a team that uh, uh, to block arms with brothers, one another, to do what? To do what Jesus said, to teach them to observe all I've commanded you. So we're in, we're in unbelievable times. I just turned 69. Uh, I remember when my dad was 69. I can't believe I'm an old, as old as my dad, right? I can't, I can't believe it. But I see so clearly, and I know Pastor Mike, I know you do too, and Ray, I know... Why is it some of us can see so clearly what the enemy is doing and others can't see it? They just can't see it. Well, so Mike, yeah, I mean, both, both my sandwiches. I'm sorry to, I'm, both I'm, my, I'm, my, I'm, my gig is I'd, I'd like to assemble together and go. I assemble and go. And I really think that that's been the missing part of where we are now. The Lord's building a team. Things are changing, and I believe, uh, Dr. Spalding, that it's about it's go time, as they would say, right? It's go time. And if we don't assemble and go now, I think we're missing the greatest opportunity for the expansion of the kingdom of God in all of history. I would agree with that. Coach, Mike, I'll let you give a word, and then I've, I've got a comment. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think Coach is dead on. I mean, the thing is, if you look at, what has happened to America in the last two years? Okay, we, we have been conditioned to be afraid to go to the grocery store. The 23rd Psalm says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I shall fear no evil. It doesn't say like, oh, I can pick the evil that I fear. It says, no evil. None, because Jesus will be with us. And, and that's the thing. If, if America today would just focus on the Bible and focus on the Scripture, and I'm not saying, look, you know, it drives me crazy when someone calls me up and says, uh, oh, hey, Hey, Brother Mike, I'm like a, I'm a hardcore Christian. I'm going to quote scripture to you. I don't want you to quote scripture to me. It, I, mean, I mean, it's it's great. I love the scripture. I read the scripture. But you know what? It's your actions that count. Yeah. Mike, yeah, what do you right. think? Well, let me, so, so let me just give this background. Um, and this explains it, in large measure, in my opinion, why we find the church where it's at. And, and the key is that word church. So you can do your, your, your word studies. The word, the word church, as it appears in the King James Bible, 115 times, friends, mm. church. Mm. Now, that word is actually 
Ecclesia, or Ecclesia, however you prefer to pronounce it. 115 times Ecclesia appears in the Greek. And the translators of the king, and this, listen, I'm not trying to trip anybody's trigger, push anybody's buttons. I'm just telling you what it is. So like it or not, this is the fact. 112 times Ecclesia was translated church. The three other times it's translated assembly. Now that's closer to Ecclesia, but it still misses the mark. Here's the significance of that, folks. Church comes from an old English, old Scottish, old Germanic word. When you get down to the root, it means subject to, keyword, a Lord. Subject to a Lord. It doesn't say the definite article, the Lord, a Lord. Ecclesia, on the other hand, is a called out group, a, the called out ones. Called out of what? The difference is obvious to me. The church is still functioning under a Lord. It's not the Lord, it's a Lord. And the Lord that they've adopted is not the Lord. It's not the king. It's the Lord, the government. It's the Lord, the culture. It's the Lord, whatever they think is going to benefit them. That's what they're serving. The, the called out ones are called out of this Babylonian system, whether it's religious, financial, cultural. We have one king and his name is Jesus, and we function under his sovereignty, not under the sovereignty of any other thing that lives and breathes in this creation. That's the problem with the church today. They're serving a false God, a false Lord, and not the Lord. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I don't mean to jump on you, coach, you know, but I'll tell you, every morning when I wake up, I don't care if it's 10 degrees outside or whatever the weather is, I go out on my deck and I live in a beautiful area and I go out and I look around and I see everything that God has done. And then I say the simple prayer that I say every day. First of all, I thank the Lord for everything he's given me. Then I ask him, what can I do to serve you today? It's that easy. It's that, that, that's it. And every day he will bring to me someone that needs help that I can help. Now, you can't help everybody, but when he sends someone to you to help, you can help them, but that's that's what the Lord does. And and that's what Coach Dave did in Bozeman, Montana. I mean, I, uh, Coach, you may not even remember what you said back then, which I would understand, but it lit me on fire. It set a fire in me that said, hey, you can you can get up and you can do something for Christ. And, and I think, Pastor Mike, I think a lot of the problem with the church today is that people don't think that they can do anything. They think that, okay, well, Pastor Mike is Pastor Mike. Mike Kerr is Mike Kerr. Coach Dave is Coach Dave. They they can obviously do these things, you know. But in reality, all Christ is doing is asking each of us to stand up for him in against all odds. What do you think, Coach? I have a perspective on it. I, no, I noticed uh, Ray raised his hand, if maybe Ray, because I may change the subject here a little bit, not on purpose, but I don't know if Ray, if you had a comment regarding that, give you a, ch- give you a chance to, to say, not trying to run your show here, Mike. I just happened to see that his, his hand went up. And what I'm going to say is going to maybe take it a little bit de- different direction than what Mike said. So I want to give Ray the yeah, chance yeah, to. Go, go ahead, Ray. Thank you, Coach, for that. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to stay on that theme real quick. 
is <clears throat> I'm looking in uh, coaches show in the morning. There's about 130 participants and every single one of them are involved in one aspect or another. Spencer right here. I mean, that guy is so quick on the buttons. Uh, you, he'll bring up a scripture. I mean, this guy is trained and he's good at what he does. And each and every one of us has that quality. We might not all be a coach or elevated to her, Mike Spalding and Mike Kurarat, but I'm, I'm telling you, because of your training and your guidance, you've led us uh, to, you know, to be exalted up uh, to a level where we're useful to the Lord. And it's, it's a great feeling. Amen. 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 Uh, Pastor Mike, if, if I can, just let me, let me give this illustration. In fact, I wrote on it, I don't know, a couple months ago. Um, let, let's here, here's what here's what the problem is, and Mike my, uh, Mike Kerr hit on it as well. Men not only don't know what they're supposed to do, they don't really know they're supposed to do anything. Yeah, we're not really trained to do anything in the church. Pastor Mike, Doctor Mike, you're you're a pastor, so people walk into the church and they expect you. You're the guy. You go visit the sick in the hospital, Mike. You're the one that makes the phone calls. You're the one that has the message, Mike. And I'm just going to be a spectator and I'm going to come here and I'm going to sit and I'm going to let you lecture me. Now, Jesus Christ, when he lectured, he asked questions. That's, that's, right? That's how, that's, how he, that's how he ministered. He asked questions yep. because the greatest truth you come to is not some truth some guy told you, but one you discover on your own. Yep. And once you, once you discover that truth on your own. So here's what I see as the problem. Again, the old football coach in me coming out. If I wanted to start a football team and got, you know, I went out on the street where how many guys want to play football? Uh, a lot of people said, so let's say 25 people show up, Doc, and they want to learn to play football. And I take them into a room and I start drawing plays up on the board. And I explain the center and the two guards and the two tackles and the tight end. I explain an unbalanced line and I explain a trap play and I explain a double team and, and go on. And I do this, Mike, I, I do this every Sunday for about, uh, oh, I don't know, let's say I do it for a month, the series on playing football. In fact, I give them a playbook. Here's the playbook. You Everything... Dr. Mike, everything you need to know about, about football, you're going to find right here in this book, boys. Read this book. Yep. And so after about a month, everybody comes back, and they know where the guard lines up and the center lines up. They understand where everybody lines up, and uh, they think they're ready for a game. So they go out, and we go out and play against the devil, and the devil uh, beats us 58 to nothing. And they go back, and uh, they go into a meeting. They say, what's going on? They say, well, uh, Coach Dave, uh, you taught us all about football, but you didn't teach us how to play it. You told you, we, I know all the rules. I know all the positions, but I don't have any idea how to run a play. And Mike, I think that's, I think that's our problem. I think that's where men are. I, I, don't, I don't think it's not they don't want to play. I don't think they know they're supposed to. Yeah. And you can tell them to read the Bible, read everything you ever need to know is in the Bible. And it is, but you have to learn to apply it to what's going on. Yeah. And so I think the greatest mistake was we fall, we've fallen into this pattern of Christianity where Dr. Mike Spalding is the star of the show. Now, not the star of the show, but you understand what I'm saying. Yep. He's the expert. He's the doctor in the emergency room. He's the professor. And we all come and we sit down and we listen to the professor profess. Yeah. We never, ever get to the point where we ourselves are able to profess it because you cannot teach what you have not done. Amen. And that's why I think on the ground, boots on the ground ministry is critical to raising men up. And that's why I'm so excited, guys. As my friend John Barnett says, there's a rude awakening coming and then a great awakening. We're in the midst of that rude awakening, right? Men are beginning to realize, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do something here. And they're showing up at school board meetings and they're showing up at city council meetings, right? No longer are we trusting uh, Bishop Donald Trump. We're and I'm going to have to do something. And yeah. I think that's, I think that's a missing link and missing ingredient in modern Christianity. And I think that's getting ready to change. Amen. Amen. Mike, I'm going to come back to you in just a second. Clay, I see your hand up. Ray, I see your hand up. I'll be right with you in a second. I just want to, I just want to touch on something coach, because 
this is how this is how the Holy Spirit moves and works. This is this this conversation is completely unscripted, folks. We don't say, well, here are the talking points and we're going to we're going to touch on this and this and then you cover this and you cover. No, no, we don't. We don't do that. We just allow the, the spirit of God to just move us. So, coach. You've been to some of our services. In fact, you're going to be back in February to join us and and, and 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 encourage and equip the body. This won't come as a surprise to you at all. But for the last month, the Lord has been impressing me hard. We are we are changing up what we're doing on Sundays and Wednesdays when we come together as the body. We're changing it up. Now, we already spend 30, sometimes 45, 50 minutes in prayer. Every time we get together in prayer, and that's not me praying, that's everybody in the body praying, praying for one another, praying for, we get requests coming in online, over the radio, we get, so we're, we're, we're praying. But what's changing is, I'm not going to teach anymore, just me teaching people listening. Starting in January, guess what's happening? There's going to be a real Jesus style of equipping people because Amen. I'm going to ask questions. People are going to ask questions. We're going to answer those questions. We're going to explain all this before we move on to the next point. We're taking everybody with us. And here's the point. Here's the reason. It's not just to change things up. It's to equip them, as I've told Calvary Lima for the last couple of months, is to equip you. My job is to equip you to do what? Ephesians chapter four, do the ministry. We're going to the streets, folks. You are going to the streets. I'll take you out. I'll show you how it's done. Then the fear factor's gone and the fire of God is going to fall on you and you're going to do it yourselves and you're going to find joy and you're going to find victory and you're going to find courage and you're going to push back against all of that. That's coming Calvary Lima in January. So I just wanted to share that. Thanks for saying that coach. Cause so, so Dr. Mike, you mean, you mean you're going to teach them to actually play the game, not oh. just study the game. That's right. And, wow. and, and wow. when they pull out hard coach, and when they pull out hard on that swing play around the end, I'm going to teach them, Hey, how to avoid that tackle and how to go in there and take <laughs> that defensive end out. So yes. that running back scores a touchdown. That's right. And we're to look for the cutback, right? And we're, right. we're to look for that. Oh, my. I get goosebumps, yeah. uh, Dr. I Mike, know. I do too, Coach. I mean, it's yeah. incredible. The I mean, reason is, that, is, folks, listen. Uh, is listen. that church or what? Oh, my goodness. That's oh how my it's goodness. supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Because, listen, we cannot assume the biggest mistake you ever make in teaching. I was a public school teacher for a long time. Did a lot of teaching. But I learned it most on the football field is the worst mistake you can make as a coach. If you want to get beat, then simply assume that the player knows what you know. <laughs> That's the That's fastest right. way to get beat, right? Yeah. Assume, I mean, look, I studied the game films, right? I knew what keys to read. I knew what they were going to do, but it didn't do us any good on the field if I knew it and they didn't know it, if our players didn't know it. That's so exactly right. in interactive Christianity, hey, Doc, you're already the expert. We know you're the expert. Please teach us. Teach me to play, will you? That's, that's, that has to be our focus. Hey, a new day is dawning. The church is. is going to be victorious. The ecclesia is going to be victorious. Hey, Clay, jump in here, brother. All righty. Can you hear me okay? Because I'm, uh, I'm driving. Yes, sir. We can hear you. All right, I was just going to add in there that uh, I'm 50 years old right now, and thank God I'm still in pretty good shape, and I'm able to get out in the streets and run with the bulls. And uh, and the thing is, is for all these years of my adult life, I've been saved for, uh, you know, over two decades, and I was going from church to church looking for a clean you don't want to run, run in the streets with the bulls by yourself, and you don't want to get on the team and, and break your arm and get your teeth knocked out if you're not on the team that's trying to win. So every church I went into, one of the first things they'd ask you was, are you going to become a member of this church? And I thought when I got baptized and accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was on the team. You are. Amen. <laughs> and so... 
I would never become a member of the church because I thought I was already a member of the team. And so when I met Coach Dave not even two years ago, I finally found the team that I was looking for. And coaches never asked me if I was going to be a member of Pastor Salt Ministry. <laughs> and I found the guys that were willing to get in the street and run with me from the bull. And, uh, and we get out there and fight. And I'm just glad for, uh, you know, the coach stays live. And I, I'm glad for Fear the Watchman and the Dr. Mike Spalding show because these are the shows that's bringing us together as a team. So thank Amen. you, fellas. Amen. Well, let me, let me just and, say and, this. And by the, way, by, by the way, Dr. Spalding, uh, I told Clay he's now earned his first varsity letter. We just we just promote we just promoted him last week. <laughs> yeah. Well, Clay, and God bless you, brother, for sending me that message you sent me. You got to you got to teach at a Calvary Chapel. That did my heart good to hear you uh, be able to do that because something's going on, Mike. I'm gonna come to you in in just a second, but Spencer, it's Ephesians four twelve. Um, if you want to scroll down there, why did, why did God give apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? Well, right there, verse 12, equip them for the work of the ministry. And listen, the work of the ministry isn't in the building. I mean, I'm glad that we've got nursery workers and we've got people that teach the children and, and, you know, clean the care. I'm, I'm thankful for all of that, but working for the King, that's out on the streets. That's out on the streets. I I remember John Wimber. He he was the he was a founder of the Vineyard movement. He he was teaching a Bible study once, and uh, a lady came up to him afterwards and said, "When are we going to get to the meat?" And he looked at her and he said, "Get to the meat? What do you mean? Well, when are we going to get into the good stuff?" And he said, "Listen, we will go through the scripture systematically." And I'm going to teach the scriptures to you so that you might be equipped to do the ministry. The meat is in the street. That's Amen. what he said. It's in the street. So we got to go to the street to get the meat. Mike? Well, you know, I mean, Pastor, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, the scripture is, as Coach said, it's the playbook. Okay, but at some point in time, the boots have to meet the ground, and you have to get out there. You know, I talk all the time. I mean, you guys are probably ad nauseum of hearing me say this, but if you find a homeless guy, don't give him money. Go in and buy him a sandwich. Buy him a sandwich and talk to him about Jesus. That's all you have to do. But you can't do that sitting in a pew. And I don't, I mean, no disrespect to the church. I, I, I don't at all. But you have to be out there. Because what did Jesus do? Jesus walked. He walked. And as he walked, he blessed people. So when Jesus says to you, I need you to work for me, what are you going to do? I mean, I mean, coach, if you, if you said, hey, I want you to get in this football game and, and I want you to work for me, I'd be right there. Head down, five yards is good enough. Let's just keep charging. We'll just keep charging. Yeah. You know, but the problem is that I see today is that we as a country and especially as a church keep getting knocked down. Well, guess what? Warriors get knocked down and we get up again. That's just the way it is. It happens. And, and you've got to fight the fight. And you have to stand up for what is right. I get so angry sometimes today uh, when I when I look at America, and I realize that 
the kids growing up today don't know wrong from right. And I'm not talking liberal and conservative. I'm just talking morally wrong from right. Now, why do you think it is that they don't know that? It's because we as a generation have not taught them what is in the Bible that teaches us what is wrong from right. When I, when I want to go to the playbook, as Coach says, I go to the Bible. Uh, there's a Bible sitting right out here on my desk that I go to maybe 10, 15 times a day because I need to look and see what, what, how, should I, how should I handle this situation. And the answer is always there. Coach? Well, uh, without looking like I'm patting myself on the back, please, please don't think I'm doing that, okay? But I want to present, uh, if I was in a court of law, I would present uh, Exhibit 1, Ray LeBlanc, and Exhibit 2, Clay Parker. These would my, be my exhibits, right? So I'm the coach, and my job was to do what? My job was to train, equip, and mobilize the saints for the work of the ministry, right? Yep. Well, I didn't do anything special. All I did is said uh, to Ray LeBlanc, hey, Ray, can you catch a pass? And he said, well... I used to be able to, and nobody's thrown one to me in a while, but yeah, I, I think I can catch a pass. Here, Ray, whoom, I threw in the ball. And what'd you do, Ray? Why, you caught it. And what'd you do? You ran down, got a first down, stepped out of bounds, came back to the huddle, said, hey, throw it to me again. Throw it to me again. I'm getting pretty good at this thing. I said, no, I can't throw it to you, Ray. I got to throw it to Clay. Well, who's Clay? Well, Clay's been over. He's been working hard too. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this ball to Clay. Clay, run with it, man. And what did Clay do? Well, Clay ran with it. He ran with it. And he comes back to huddle and says, Man, I can do something. I I, I can I can still play this game. I mm-hmm. that that's it, isn't it, Ray? I mean, isn't that it, Clay? There hasn't been anything fancier than that other than I said, hey, you want to play? I'll put you in the game. Ray, you want to play? I'll put you in the game. And look look at the fruit. Clay preached, Dr. Mike, Clay preached a sermon in a church. <laughs> yep. Clay, could you, ever seen, could you have ever seen yourself doing that, Clay? Could you ever in your wildest dreams ever seen it? See, and it's not because I'm patting myself on the back. I'm a great coach. No, I just pitched him the ball. Yeah, yep. amen. Ray, you want to jump in there? Yeah, uh, that reminded me of the scripture. Uh, Jesus, uh, replacing coach with Jesus as the coach. Send 70 men out, two by two, out into the world after he was trained, and when did they come back and say, it's amazing, Jesus. Even the demons are subject to what we're doing. It's, it's incredible. Thank you for that opportunity. Right? Well, that's the same thing in the modern era that we're living in now. He's continually using us and people that are in that leadership position that can motivate others to do that thing. That's how he's building his church. I think it's important, Doc, I don't mean to jump in, but folks, it's important to understand that in the parable of the talents, you see the five-talent guy, right? You see the Joel Osteens, and you see all these big-name preachers. They're five-talent guys, right? Jesus didn't focus on those five-talent guys. Who did he get mad at? He got mad at the guy just had one little, just he could just pound a nail. That's all he could do. He just pound a nail. And we got to heaven, the Lord said, what would you do? Did you pound any nails? He said, no, I didn't. No, I didn't pound any nails. And what did he do, Mike? He took the hammer and he gave it to the guy. He gave it to Joel Osteen. He said, all I wanted you to do, Ray, was pound some nails. Clay, just pound some nails. And we don't give men the opportunity to do that. And as they do that, they grow in the faith and the kingdom is expanded. But coach, coach, that is the essence of what you taught in Bozeman, Montana. Is is look as men, and I know there's probably a couple of women on the call tonight, and and uh, I'm not 
I'm just saying as a man, we need to pick the hammer up and go out and pound the nails. Mm -hmm. We need to, we need to do the work. You know, it, it, it gets so sometimes annoying when I hear someone say to me, oh, well, I just, I just turn it all over to God and God will work it out. Well, I agree with that. And Pastor Mike, you would agree with that. And Coach, you would agree with that. God will work it out. But if you don't get up off the couch and get out and do something, then God's, what, I mean, you've got you to help God out. I mean, what do you think, Pastor Mike? Well, I think that's part of our commission. <laughs> when, it says, <laughs> when it says, by the way, here's, here's a correct interpretation of uh, Matthew chapter 28. Go therefore unto all the nations and make disciples, teaching them to, to observe all that I commanded you. Listen, here's, here's where the church, here's where the church starts discipleship as opposed to the ecclesia. Here's another difference. The church starts discipleship, making disciples after they get saved. Mm. The ecclesia goes to where they're at, wherever they're at, and says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to teach you how to do for yourself right where you're at. And oh, by the way, I'm going to I'm going to introduce you to the one that encourages me and motivates me to do this for you, because it isn't about me. It's about the goodness of God who loves you, even when you're in the state that you're in. He cares. Discipleship starts when they're lost, friends. Discipleship walks with them to the point of receiving Christ by faith. We got to get this right. And the church has missed it for, well, millennia. Missed it. Completely missed it. And that's why they're happy sitting in their holy huddles whenever they meet. They're happy just sing louder and we'll drown out all the noise from the culture. We'll just sing louder and then we won't have to deal with those issues. Folks, it's D-Day. It's time to hit the beaches. The enemy fire is coming in, but we're going to hit the beaches anyway. We're going to storm those walls and we're going to what? Rescue the perishing. That's our commission. You know, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, if I can Please. elbow my way in here again, I, I've never been a pastor. I've never been a pastor, but I've been a coach. And I think that those two jobs really are pr- very, very similar. We're, we're both trained, right? We have to train, equip, mobilize yep. our, our players. You have to do it. And you know, one of the one of the disheartening laments I hear from pastors is, I can't get anybody to do anything. Right? Huh? I can't get anybody to do anything. Well, why can't you get them to do anything? Well, when I, I, I coached at four different schools. And when I went to coach, I learned this in my first coaching job. When I went as a first, the head coach for the first time, I understood the importance of having a good set of assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Because I knew of what I was going to do. It could not be done alone. And the pastor... Whether it's but it's not by design, it's by structure, really. Pastors get worn down and discouraged because they are the only guys doing everything. Pastors out there, who are your assistant coaches? Are you training any assistant coaches at all? Or do you have to do it all? Do you have to run the men's ministry and the women's ministry and the marriage ministry and the Sunday school ministry and the outreach ministry? Well, if listen, dudes, you've done it to yourself. Mm-hmm. You've done it to yourself. Learn to delegate. We have to stop. Yeah, look, look, guys, when I was coaching football, sorry, this is on me. Let me make this really, really clear. When people came to watch a football game, I was judged on every play. If the play didn't work, they didn't yell at the players. They yelled at me, right? So understanding that, it was really, really hard for me. I'm speaking to pastors now. It was really hard for me to give the reins to somebody else. Because <laughs> if we screwed up, I got blamed, right? I got blamed. Yeah. And I realized that that didn't work. That yeah. at some point, I'm going to have to trust another man to come alongside me and trust the Lord that he'll order it 
the outcome the way that he wants it to be. Yes. Fellas, pastors out there who are being buried, dudes, pass the ball to somebody else. Train up somebody can help you in the work of the ministry. That would be the greatest advice, uh, Dr. Mike, that I could ever give to a pastor. You cannot fight this fight alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm sorry to jump on you, Pastor Mike. Nope, go ahead. But, but, But here's the thing, Coach. Guys and women out there think to themselves, I'm not worthy. I can't, I can't stand up. I can't serve. I have all this sin. Look, you know, I'm a guy that spent a year in jail for crying out loud. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, and, and the thing is, once you give yourself to Christ and truly give your heart to him, then you have the warrior mentality within you and you can do what coach dave does you can do what pastor mike does i mean pa- uh, when i met pastor mike spaulding i was just like whoa this this guy the, he, he's a real pastor you know because he didn't talk about oh let's read this let's read that he's like let's do it and and the same thing with Coach Dave. It was like, let's do this. And, and, and yeah, that's the yeah. important thing. In American church today, we need more doers yeah. than, than just people sitting back. Yeah. And Mike, here, listen, and I'm going to play off of both of what you and Coach said. Pastors out there, ministry leaders, if you've you've joined us for this conversation, let me just ask you to consider maybe strongly encourage you to do this, change your focus, change your focus completely. And here's what I mean by that. Those that are sitting under your instruction, they don't need to be taught for the 13th time in their Christian life, how to be a better husband. They do not not need to to learn how to to structure and have a happy household. What they need to be introduced to is the power and the authority that they have in the name of Jesus Christ that he has delegated to them. Listen, we're supposed to be dragon slayers. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be game changers to keep in the in the in the the, the flow of, of the sports analogy. We're supposed to be the superstar that when we trot on the field. The crowd is going, something is about to happen. Well, why is that? Because they know that the anointing of God rests on that man or that woman. But that's not a selected group. That's supposed to be the ecclesia. We're all supposed to have that anointing and that power. When we rush to the battlefield, the enemy should tremble, folks. And I'm not just preaching. That's what it's supposed to be like. The enemy should draw back in anticipation of getting slapped down. Is your pastor teaching that in your church? Is your pastor telling people that's what their that's what their inheritance is? That's what their identity is? That's who they are in Christ? Well, until that pastor ministry leader starts teaching that. And by the way, that's straight out of the scriptures. Until that starts happening, you're going to get people sitting there staring at you with glazed eyes wondering, when is this going to be over? Mike? Can I, can I get another gig in? Please. Go ahead, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Uh, uh, Pastor Mike, I think you're Calvary Chapel of Lima, Ohio, I think, right? Yep. I mean, so uh, just curious. If I bet if I got in my car in Lima and drove maybe three or four blocks, I might run into First Baptist of Lima. I'm guessing, probably. Of, there might even be a First Methodist. Uh, I think so. And, Could be a First hey, Pastor Mike, are, are, are they a different team? Are they on a different team? Coach, I, I would think. They're not. And, and let me tell you this, and then you can complete your thought. I, I apologize for jumping no. in here, but, but, but let me tell you this. This is how serious we are at Calvary. This is how serious I am. This is how heavy the calling and the anointing and the, and the moving of the Spirit of God on me is. 
this Sunday, the 19th at Calvary Chapel of Lima. I'm having two pastors from two separate churches, not Calvary, two separate churches in the city. They're going to come and they're going to present their ministry, what they are doing in Lima, Ohio, one to the homeless and the other to those that are living in poverty. These ministries are this. We're not going to reinvent that ministry. We're not going to start that for us. There's already those ministries present. We're coming alongside of them. We're going to support them financially. We're going to support them physically with, with, with people that want to join and help in those ministries. Pastors, stop thinking that people belong to you. They don't belong to you. They're God's sheep. You expose them to the kingdom in your city and allow them to be led by the spirit, to be involved in those ministries that are making an impact and a difference in your city. Stop thinking that you're going to grow by keeping a fence around your people. You're not. So Mike, let me go to football terms again. Let me go to football analogy, right? If I understand this properly, then Calvary Chapel just has a position on the team. Yes. And First Baptist has a position on the team. One might be a right guard, one might be a left tackle, but they both are on the same team. But the battle that we have is, are you sitting down, folks? Everybody wants to be quarterback. That's right. (laughs) They all want to be quarterback. That's not the way that it works. And then we have pride set in because we want to identify we belong to the right guard. We are rooting for the right guard. Well, what about the left tackle? Well, we don't even know the left tackle. We're rooting for the right guard, and he's getting all of his. This doesn't work, does it, brothers? This doesn't work in anything that I know of. And that is that's the model. That's the model you know, of the American it's, church. It's, it's so classic, you guys. It really is. I mean, if you remember early on when Jeannie and I started here the Watchman, I got completely railed by someone because I had a Baptist and a Pentecostal on the stage in the same conference. And then <laughs> uh the other thing was that there was a very popular guy who was at at one of the first conferences, and Pastor Mike and I have talked about this, uh, who said, I can't come to any more of your conferences because there's sin here. And I was like, maybe you need to get a new job, right? (laughs) If you're a pastor, (laughs) if you can't deal with sin... You need a new job. How but, are you standing before your congregation every week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is that all of you listening to this have to understand tonight is exactly what Coach Dave taught me in Missoula, Montana, was it doesn't matter. You just need to get into the game. Amen need to get in and you need to pick the ball up or you need to block someone or you need to tackle someone. All you got to do is be in the game. Yep. Amen. And, and, Amen. and you know what? I mean, that that's really the essence of it. I mean, we, we, we talk a lot about the eschatology and, and I always say like, get off your eschatology and get out there and do something. Amen. I mean, it's, it's important. It's it's vitally important that we understand the scripture, no doubt about that. But if you don't get in the game, you're useless. And 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 that's what coach coach was like. Uh, that was like how long ago, coach? We were young back. Then. Wow. <laughs> we were young. Yeah, <laughs> we were youngsters, <laughs> but. The point is, get in the game. Yeah. And as as part of getting in the game, I don't know how much time we have left tonight, Pastor, but uh, uh, there's a guy that's been in the game for a long time. Uh, he, his name's Jamie Walden, and he has done stuff that you would never believe, and he is uh, he's deeply ill tonight. Yep. And so... If we could, Pastor, if you could lead us in prayer for Jamie, I'd deeply appreciate it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that first before we run out of time. And then Ray, uh, I saw your hand up. We'll come to you if we have time. So let's pray together for Jamie. Father, we lift up our brother Jamie to you at this time. He is a he is a mighty warrior, an arrow in your quiver, as your word says. And and for him to actually ask, he's sick enough to ask. This man is sick. So, Father, we pray your hand upon him right now for healing. We pray that whatever it is that has invaded his body, you would eradicate it right now by the name of Jesus. By the authority and the power in the name of Jesus, you would remove it, whatever it is. Restore him to health. Bring every organ, every part of his body back into perfect alignment so that it is is healthy once again. You've given him an assignment out there. That requires a lot of work, physical work, mental work. And so, Father, we pray that you would restore him, but also those that are with him, that they would come alongside, Lord, and they would shoulder that burden, Father, for this work, this assignment. And, Father, we're looking forward to glorious things coming out of that ministry. You've given him that for a reason. And so, Father, we pray your favor and abundance upon that ministry for for training, equipping, and raising up remnant warriors for your honor and glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Ray, you have something, brother? Yeah, we got a couple minutes left. But talking about this whole thing was about getting in the game. Well, when I when I first connected with Coach, um, getting in the game first, I went to practices, and I sat down, and I listened to – Hey, LA Missouli and Russ Dizdar and, and, and got involved uh, getting all this knowledge and, and what these guys were doing. Then this guy here, coach, has got this bright idea to go in front of 500,000 gay lovers in Columbus <laughs> at a gay parade. And he, he wants me to put on a shirt that says homosexuality is a sin. And she's <laughs> the truth. And there's only like 20 of us. And, I mean, what in the world is going on? I'm in the midst of 500,000 people wearing that shirt. It's like a bullseye on me. And I'm scared to death until I get in there and I occupied that space. And then the Holy Spirit came on me and gave me peace. It Mm. says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. And that got me going. Amen, Ray. So how about this one? How about this one? I don't sing very well, but the Holy Spirit put this song in my heart, all right? Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. I can be center field, right? That's, right. That's the heart cry of men. That's Put right. me in. Will you hey, give coach, me a coach. chance to play. Give me a chance to play. Yes. yes coach, keep doing what you're doing. Do not try and get a singing career. No, no. <laughs> hey, at least I haven't fooled myself into thinking yeah, I can you're sing. Good. So. You're good. That's, that's exactly right. Spencer, I don't know if you have it handy. I just want to, before we run out of time here, I do want to remind folks that uh, Rob and, and uh, WCN-TV is putting on a, a concert, hosting, sponsoring a, con- a concert with Leighton Howerton in, um, in December. It's coming up pretty, pretty soon. I, I don't have the date right off the top of my head. Um, it'll the 18th, be Saturday. Thank you, thank 18th. you, Ray. Saturday the 18th, and we do, Ray, do you know where that's going to be at? Yeah, Hope Center in Abbotsford, and actually Brian Haynes is in here. It's being held at his ministry. Coach was on the show not too long ago. Had Brian Haynes and his wife Charlotte that got kicked out of the church because of this political mask issue, but it's at their uh, facility in Abbotsford. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ray. Well, Coach, as always, it is a blessing to be able to chat with you, brother. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining us. Honor to be here, Mike. Good to see all of you you folks. Put me in, Coach. Put me in. That's right. Mike Kerr, thank you, brother. Because these need to be glued. That's why they're out here. So we'll see you all next time here on WCN-TV. God bless you guys.
Yeah. Yeah.